Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Harvest is Past, The Summer is Ended. Are You Saved? And was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. I speak to you today from this thought. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. Are you saved? Is there anybody saved in the house? Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that we can be saved today. And everyone said amen to his word. As you are seated, join me in Amos chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. This week at the Mark conference, what a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Ghost and our National Youth President, Brother Carson, preached on Friday morning, and he took us to Amos chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. And so I read it for you today. Thus hath the Lord showed unto me, Amos speaking, the the minor prophet, and, and a minor prophet is really... Uh, no different from a major prophet. I don't know why we call them major and minor prophets. A minor prophet, he just wrote a shorter book. He's sort of nondescript. We don't know a lot about the individual. He just has something to say. He says it and he gets out of the way. But what he has to say is just as important as a major prophet. And so Amos, the minor prophet, says, Thus hath the Lord showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And the Lord said, Amos, what do you see? And Amos said to the Lord, I see a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not pass again, pass by them anymore. Now, Wednesday morning at our prayer Um, This is the scripture that came to my mind and my heart, and I left Wednesday morning with this particular scripture uh, in my soul and in my spirit, and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, it was there, and and then Brother Carson brought our attention to Amos chapter 8, and it just sort of dovetailed with what I have been feeling this week to bring to you as an exhortation. Mark chapter 6, verse 48, Jesus saw his disciples in the midst of a storm. The wind was contrary to them. It was about the fourth watch of the night. And Jesus comes walking on the water and walking upon the sea. And the next statement is this. And he would have passed them by. He would have passed them by. And if you go back to Amos... The end is come upon my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And in the New Testament, 
The disciples are on the high seas. They just witnessed the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. They just witnessed the power of God and the Lord said to them, go to the other side. And so they're in the midst of this storm and Jesus comes walking on the water and he would have passed them by. Now keep those scriptures in mind today, Jeremiah chapter 8, Amos chapter 8, Mark chapter 6, and we'll come back to them in just a few moments. I guess I could say today on this Sunday morning that the most important advice, the most important counsel or guidance that I could give to you as an individual is that you please don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let the Savior pass you by because he's here to save. Don't let the Redeemer pass you by. He's here to redeem you, buy you back. Don't let the Healer pass you by because he is able to heal your body. The Deliverer, the Keeper, the list goes on and on. Suffice to say, don't let Jesus pass you by. Today, we all have the opportunity on this Sunday morning to cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can cry out to him to be saved. We can cry out to him to be delivered, to be healed, to be set free. Or you can join the ranks of millions who have rejected him and allowed him just to go on by. I don't want Jesus to pass me by because I know that he has the answer. I know that he has exactly what I have need of. I know that he has salvation for me and I want to be saved. And the scripture that Paul shares with us in Hebrews chapter 2 asks a very pointed question, how, how shall we escape if we let him pass us by? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord or was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So it's very important today that, that you not allow the Lord to slip by you. Don't let salvation slip through your fingers. We must be obedient to the word of God. We must be obedient to the word of God. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven, eight, and nine, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered and being made perfect. This is what I like today. Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. We must obey the Lord Jesus Christ to have eternal salvation. My goal today is simply this. I want eternal salvation. I want my, I want a salvation, salvetic experience that will go beyond the day that you lay me to rest in a grave somewhere. I want a salvation that's going to take me all the way into the promised land of eternity with God. And so I must obey God and I must have faith 
in the Word of God. Don't let the Word of God pass you by. You must have faith in God. Romans chapter 10, but what saith it in verse 8? The Word is nigh thee. The Word is in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We must not allow the word of God to pass us by. We must repent according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Another translation, the New American Standard Bible renders this scripture this way. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. The Amplified Bible, for godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produces a repentance that leads to uh, the contributions of salvation and deliverance from evil. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that we must repent. According to Luke chapter number one and verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto the people. How? By the remission of sins. The powerful experience of baptism in the mighty name of Jesus goes like this. In Acts chapter two, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. Have you ever heard this scripture before? Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter and John were imprisoned for preaching and performing miracles in the saving name of Jesus. In Acts chapter four, this is the stone that was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm thankful today that I can repent of my sins. Not going to let him pass me by today. When he comes my way, I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm not going to fall into the trap that Adam and Eve fell in, that when they sinned, they refused to repent. They fled. They ran from God. That's not what we do today. Today, if you find yourself in a sinful state, don't run from God, run to God. And when he passes you by, you don't have to flee from him. That's the time you need to go to him in faith, believing in his word and repent of your sins. I'm thankful that I've been baptized in the powerful, wonderful, holy name of Jesus for the remission of my sins. And not only that, but he promises to fill us with his spirit. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that Holy Ghost, that seal of promise, 
which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. In other words, you think of the greatest camp meeting, Sunday service, general conference, because of the times, mark meeting, think of the greatest service that you've ever been in in your life where the power of God fell mightily and you saw miracles, signs, and wonders. That's just the earnest of our inheritance. We're going to live in that glory forever and ever. And the angels are already there. And that's why they sing 24-7, holy, 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 Lord. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, because they're already in that glory. I can't wait to join the angel song in that day, but I'm not going to wait. I'm going to say today, he is holy. He is righteous. He is true. He is God. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. The praise of his glory should be in our hearts today. In 2 Thessalonians, we read this, but ye are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me recap what I just shared with you. In this house of worship this morning, we know where our salvation begins. It begins with our obedience to the word of God. It begins with our our faith in the word of God. It begins with repenting of our sins. It begins with being water baptized in the powerful name of Jesus. It begins with the infilling of the spirit. We're, most of us are aware of what I just preached. Most of us have embraced what I have just preached. We know where salvation begins. But here's my question. Where does your salvation end? Simon Peter. Peter penned these words in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, 8, and 9, that the trial of our faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and glory and honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, whom have not seen ye love. I haven't seen him, but I love him. I have not seen him, but I love him. In whom though ye see him not, yet believe. Even though I've never seen him, I believe. And because I love him, and because I believe in him, I can rejoice with joy unspeakable that's full of glory. And here's where it ends. Receiving the end of our faith, even the salvation of 
your souls. Let me let you in on a secret today. I'm not letting him pass me by. I want to go with him all the way to the end. I didn't just start this race to quit halfway through. I didn't start just to make a, a nice new beginning. I started knowing that the end is in sight and that I'm going to be saved throughout eternity. Jesus is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. The glory of God is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. Healing is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. Deliverance is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. Salvation is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. The keeper is in the house. Don't let him pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by today. Oh, glory to God. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. So, we know where our salvation starts. And we know where our salvation ends. Here's the message today. Here's what I bring to you today. I know where it starts and I know where it ends. But what do we do in the interval between, between the beginning of our salvation and the end of our salvation and we find ourselves in the storms of life? I know where it starts and I know how it ends, but there's storms going on. Uh, the, the question, are you saved this morning? I know that you, you repented. I, I know that you were baptized. I know that you were filled with the spirit. I know that you put the word in your heart. I know how it started for you. I'm just asking you today, today, which is the day of salvation. Are you saved? I have to ask myself the question today. Am I saved this morning? It is a question we all must answer. I can't answer for you. You have to answer that for yourself. Jeremiah said this in chapter 8 and verse number 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And he said, we are not saved. Look at Amos. Look at what Brother Carson preached to us on Friday. Thus hath the Lord God showed me, Amos the Meyer prophet, and behold, a basket of fruit. And he said, the Lord said, called me by name and said, Amos, what do you see? And he said, I replied and said, well, Lord, I see a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And the reason the Lord showed him a basket of summer fruit is because this was the last harvest. They had not planted the seed. They had not tilled the soil. They had not watered the seed. They had not prepared for another harvest. This was the end. They finally got to the end of everything God had given to them. There was one basket left and there was no harvest in the fields for Israel anymore. In the eighth chapter of the writings of Amos, we find that the children of Israel were backslid and they were away from God. They were living outside of the will of God. They were living abstract from the plan of God. Notwithstanding, they were living outside the purpose God had for their lives. They were far away from God in their thinking. They were living, if I can be very 
plain today. They were living in sin, the sinful state we find Israel in in Amos chapter 8 led them to separation from God and emptiness in their hearts. And the vision that the Lord gave Amos was a basket of summer fruit. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. Here's a basket of summer fruit that signifies eternal ruin and everlasting devastation that was resting upon Israel. Why? Because there was a famine in the land for the word of God. And they went after other gods, other gods than Jehovah. They went after them. Thus hath the Lord showed unto me a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, I see a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I, this, this is tough. This is tough. I will not, I will not pass by them anymore. Because the summer has ended. The harvest is past. They're not saved. Now, two verses later, we get an understanding of what Jeremiah means when he says to us, the harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. Because in verse 22, there are some questions ask, asked. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Is there no bomb? Is there no medicine? Is there no physician? The commentaries that I looked at yesterday, all of the commentaries agree with this. They all agree that indeed there was bomb in Gilead. They all agreed that there were physicians in Gilead. They all agreed that Israel could have recovered. But here's the problem that, that I find from the commentators. Israel would perish because of one thing. And that one thing is this. They would not apply the healing that God had ordained for their recovery. They would not submit to the way of the Lord. And on this Sunday morning, the world that we live in, maybe you see what I'm saying when I make a declaration about our world today, we are at the tipping point of salvation. We are in the storms of life. There are storms that are raging in our world. Sin runs rampant in the streets of our cities. Evil is on every front. Rebellion has taken over the hearts of this society that has rejected Jesus as their answer. And on this Sunday morning, the harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. However, excuse me for just a moment. Pardon me if you will, please. That's not the end of the story. The end of the story has not been written yet. 
we are in what is now known as the grace dispensation. And I've got news for somebody, and it's good news. Your harvest may be past. Your summer may have ended, but you can be saved. Why, preacher? Because Jesus is passing our way again. And just like the disciples in Mark chapter 6, they were fighting the storm. The wind was contrary to them. It was about the fourth watch of the night. But Jesus comes walking upon the sea and he would have just kept right on walking. But somebody cried out to him. Somebody said, Jesus, we need you. Lord, we're in this storm. I see two choices today for every person in this house in the storms of life I know where your salvation began I know where it's going to end and I know that there are some in the middle of the storm right now and my question for you is very simple it's very elementary it's a very straightforward question what are you going to do about Jesus that's walking by today you can let him keep on walking and he will or you can cry out to him and say Lord I need you right now in my life. I need your touch. I need you to stop by here today, Jesus. Don't let him pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by. There is hope for you in the storms of life. Salvation is here right now. Deliverance is here right now. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost power is here right now. I don't know what you walked in here with, but I'm telling you, Jesus just walked by you, and he is the answer. He is still the answer. He is still the way maker. He is still the answer in the middle of your night. Jesus is passing here right now and you can be saved according to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. I wish somebody would just start singing in your heart unto the Lord. I wish someone would start showing day to day his salvation. The next verse said declare his glory among the heathen. Hallelujah. His marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. I want to preach to somebody right now that this is the day of salvation and God is great. God is powerful. God is a deliverer. God will make a way. God can open a door. God can create a door that's not even there. Our God is able. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let him pass you by. Don't let him pass you by. Jesus Christ, don't let him pass you by. I made up in my mind. Listen to your preacher today. Until Jesus Christ returns, I will praise him for his great salvation. I will praise him. If you love him, you will praise him. I said, if you love him, you will keep his commandments. If you love him, you'll lift up his name. If you love him, you won't let him pass you by. 
I'm not letting those that I love pass me by. I'm not letting Jesus pass me by. I'm going to cry. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to reach somebody today. Some of you have allowed God to slip on out of your life. And the harvest is passed and the summer is ended. And you're not saved. Well, he's telling you right now, I'm coming by again. I'm coming by your way one more time. I want to save you. He's in the house. He's in the house. He's in the house. Jesus is in the house. He's passing by. He wants you to be saved today. Psalm chapter 40 and verse number 16. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. The Lord be magnified. Hallelujah. I heard something at the Mark conference this week that I've never seen before. And it's about Job. Hallelujah. You see, some people will praise him when he blesses them. But it's tough to praise him when he takes everything away. But Job's relationship, which confounded his friends and his family and his wife, Job's relationship with God was not predicated on what God had given him or what God had taken from him. His, his relationship with God was on the fact that he loved him and would magnify him regardless of outside circumstances. So somebody is in the storm this morning. Someone is in the storm. There are those in this house that have been blessed. Hallelujah. There are those that feel like they've been cursed. Well, whether you've been blessed or whether you've been cursed, Job said, whether the Lord liveth or whether he taketh away in my life. The Lord liveth, blessed be my God. I'm going to praise him. He may take away everything, but I'm going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is in this house. And there are some that can say, thank you, Lord. I'm walking in your blessing today. Others can say, Lord, I've lost so much. But whether you're being blessed today or you feel like you're being cursed, we all have the same obligation, and that is don't pass me by, Jesus. I need your touch. I need your anointing. I need your blessing. I need your strength. It was 2,000 years ago that Simeon declared, the priest declared in the temple when Mary and Joseph brought the Christ child to the temple for the first time. And when Simeon got him in his arms... This is what he said when he held the Christ child. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord, the consolation of Israel. Whoa. Consolation means comfort. It means relief. It means support. At the very essence, before Jesus ever preached a sermon, there was a sermon being preached about him. What I hold in my hands is now the relief for the world. There's going to be some on a Sunday morning in Lancaster, Ohio, that need the touch of God. They need the comfort of God. They need the support of God. They need the relief of God. And I hold in my hands the promise. Can I tell you, that promise is coming down your dusty road. Yeah. 
That promise is coming down your dusty road. Hallelujah. But you've got to cry. Don't let him pass you by. His salvation will bring comfort. It will bring relief. It will bring support to his people. That's why Isaiah said as the musicians come, Isaiah said in chapter 12 and verse 2, 3, and 4, Behold, God Thank you, Jesus. is my salvation a man can't save you a church can't save you a neighbor can't save you a family member can't save you God is my salvation behold God is my salvation I will trust not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength the Lord Jehovah is my song he has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, ye shall say, praise the Lord and call upon his name and declare his doing among the people and make mention that his name is exalted. Jesus don't pass me by. I'm right here, right now. When you know, when you know that you are close to salvation, nothing will stop you from crying out to the God of yourself. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.